like my dad when he was talking to me about this album you know he was like a proper dad already you know he's he's not up on his 90s alt rock because he was too busy being a dad um and Mm -hmm, probably listening to probably listening to genesis or something you know um (laughs) as dads do i just think it's i i think it's weird when like like other people's dads other people who are my age their dads were like really into alt rock of the 90s oh yeah my dad was like nirvana's hip with the kids right i feel like my dad was but like in a selective way like i don't think he actually liked nirvana or anything too edgy like that uh but he was really into like oh i don't know toad the wet sprocket and like buffalo tom and you know what i mean like mellower rem he loves rem you know what i mean so there's different shades of it but i know what you mean so your dad was a 70s rock dad is what i'm 70s 80s 70s 80s rock dad is what i'm hearing here yeah my dad from the 90s all he wanted to listen to was kid rock and limp biscuit (laughs) (laughs) yeah limp biscuit dads are like another genre oh god i've not met Mm -hmm. one yet to be fair, I, my dad was in his early 20s when I was born, so. It's not that I've met a lot of Limp Bizkit dads. I've just met and or dated the kids of a lot of Limp Bizkit dads. Mm. <laughs> An interesting pattern. I just. <laughs> <laughs> what, does that, um, what does that say about you? <laughs> probably not something flattering. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, but my dad on this album, he was like. You know, I think it's funny because those guys really do look like Buddy Holly, um, <laughs> which I disagree with. Like they're short kings, sure, but like I don't know. They don't. It's it's not cute. Buddy Holly was the, like like cute dweeb. The co- I need to pull up the cover again to do an objective comparison. So we got some. So Buddy little... Holly look is like is like a a cute dweeb, whereas these are like regular dweeb. They're mid dweeb private school dweebs well also yeah. buddy holly is like a i mean just by virtue of his era of being in the 50s he was a little bit more like like prep dweeb like put together like these guys are yeah. just wearing like like t-shirts like yeah. blank t-shirts like you know? like making music in the 50s is inherently dweeby <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> 50 years ago if you were in a band you were the biggest <laughs> loser <laughs> you know it's just like when you make a song and then the beat in the song sounds like someone uh, touching their pee pee. I, I think that's a dweeb move. Mm-hmm. Hot take. <laughs> uh, I've just pulled up some pictures of Buddy Holly for comparison. He is way more dapper than all four of the guys in Weezer put together by far. Like he has. Like, you can smell that album cover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly couldn't have said it better myself <laughs> it smells like like the garage it smells like it smells like the guys that you went to the party of at their house and then when they were all asleep you gathered up all the beer bottles which were probably like years old by that point you gathered up all the beer bottles and just left while they were still asleep <laughs> and returned all their beer that's bottles a, that's that i really should have done that at more me. parties when i was 19 that would have so, been such a smart move. So did did you do that ever? That sounds like a great idea. I put them in bags because I was bored. Like, I was the only <laughs> one who wasn't hungover. Right. So I would just get bored and I'd just be like, I'm going to collect these. Because I, I like lining things up because 
neurology. <laughs> Neurologically, been... I like lining objects up. <laughs> I've always been an early morning riser. I can't sleep in past like nine or ten for the most part. So whenever I woke up at parties, like the night after, I would, I would always do like the little bottle cleanup and yeah, then just same. leave. Yeah. Because I didn't have time to wait for everyone to wake up at like two in the afternoon. One time I did all of somebody's dishes because they didn't have like a couch for me to sleep on. So I was trying to sleep in a chair and oh, the chair was no. really uncomfortable. So I was like, I can't sleep and I'm really bored. So I just did their dishes and then I left. I think that's nice, and I. I it's nice out of context. Dishes. In context, I regret it immensely. <laughs> uh, that's a story uh, for off the air. Welcome to music is good. <laughs> uh, I am Devlin Galloway, and today I am joined by Tuesday Ferguson and Kathy Schultes. Hi, Kathy. Hi. It's great to be here. Yeah, thank you for Love coming. Love that, on. Kath. Uh, Kathy, do you want to do like a little like fucking artist bio? I'm I'm Kathy. I'm from Kitty Prozac. Uh, it's my trans power pop punk. I don't know. That's yeah. It's pretty uh, swag. So it's it's, it's it's my band. Uh, and yeah, it's it's I guess it's a pop punk band. And our album is gonna come out March 18th. I think finally. Uh, it was one of those albums yeah. that got like really stalled with the pandemic. Um, like to give you a sense of how Oh my god, your album's a Pisces. I, yes, I... It's a Pisces. Congratulations. I know what that means, but that's, uh, it's good to know. I'm, I'm sure it'll have some long-lasting implications for my album. Um, yeah, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm, 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 I'm stoked for that, and I, I am glad that you brought that up, actually, because, to be honest, I feel like my music does owe a bit of a debt to Weezer, um, I, I would I would maybe split hairs about ex- in exactly what way or to what degree, but um, like you're unfortunately you're you're not gonna be able to listen to my album and not think at at least once oh well this person clearly liked the blue album by Weezer. Um, there's actually one particular well I won't spoil it actually there's a there's a little quote um, I kind of rip off the little um, twinkly guitar thing at the end of. Um, near the end of buddy holly uh i put that in, in one of the songs it's not the same same lick but it's like the same kind of thing everything stops and the guitarist goes like uh do 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 you know anyway yeah yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, uh yeah. but um classic yeah i owe uh, i owe a debt to weezer i also owe a debt to uh all the bands they were influenced by and i'm excited to i'm excited to talk about this album because um you'll probably hear me say this a few times but i uh, love to hate and hate to love Weezer. Like they're very easy to make fun of for a lot of reasons, but uh, begrudgingly, I must admit that I quite enjoy their music. So, uh, yeah. I, am, I am in the same camp. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, you were asking me about my band, and then I we segued into the the. Well, it's a nice segue, and I like it. Okay, Today cool. we will be covering yeah, the good. Blue Album by Weezer. Yes, we will be. Ah, uh, yes. That that album. Um. I when you mentioned the little twinkly guitar bit, that just reminded me of the sound that people have been using on TikTok um, about like male manipulator music, where it starts with that riff. <laughs> it's like yeah, that's the one. And then that's it goes the into one. like, and then it goes into this horrific like mashup of like when you sleep by Bloody Valentine, <laughs> and then like a bunch of other. 
like piled on top of it and none of it is like key match so it just sounds terrible (laughs) i please send Please send this my way. Um, I need to have this in my life. It sounds like you threw my high school iPod down some stairs. <laughs> Which probably and did happen the, to it because I've been trying to revive my high school iPod classic um, as rebellion against the streaming sites or whatever. Uh, also, mm-hmm. so I can listen to Joni Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> Which you'll now have like, to I think the, the hard drive is again. just dead. Like, I can just hear it, like, crying out in pain. And I'm just like, who fixes an iPod in 2022? If you do, hit me up. I don't want to buy a new one. I wonder if you take it to, like, the Apple store, if the geniuses will even know what it is or how to fix it. They won't know what it is. Is it so this from- is, a, is this a classic you're talking about? Yeah, it's an iPod classic. It's right, probably like yeah. like 2012-2013 at the oldest. Mm-hmm. So, you I know. Miss them. I mean, if it's like over it 5 years old, there. then Apple's like this is a fossil. Yeah, they're allegedly <laughs> This is a fossil um, and you should throw this lithium ion battery into the sea directly. Yes. I, I was just gonna say that their main repair strategy, even with new stuff, is basically just replace it. Like, oh, your phone isn't working here. I just gave you a new one. It's fine, because um, then they don't have to admit that there was a problem in the first place. Sorry, allegedly. Oh yeah. I'm not actually allegedly. making any statements about <laughs> about Apple here. <laughs> um, <laughs> to be fair, it all ties around because Weezer is iPod commercial music. It is. Were they ever on the iPod commercials, like with the silhouette dancing? I think I think there was one for either Island in the Sun or Beverly Hills. Yeah, that checks yeah, out. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> yeah. Timing timing lines up. The first time mm-hmm. I ever heard Beverly Hills, it was inside a Zoomies. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have all these great moments, Tuesday? You're just like a walking compendium of 2000s it's, moments. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I have... A, a semi-photographic memory and also like i didn't have a lot of interesting stuff happen so i just remember like this one time i went to bellingham in the outlet malls and they were playing beverly hills by weezer at the at the zoomies <laughs> it's iconic that's my story it's good beginning middle end uh the first time i heard weezer was definitely beverly hills and it was on much music at six in the morning in like 2006 it's one of those things where like they they say they're airing it but they don't want people to watch it so they just put Mm -hmm. it on at an unreasonable hour it's one of their video roll hours imagine waking up to that though like you're just you're just crack of dawn stretching up where i come from isn't all that great my automobile (laughs) is a piece of crap (laughs) not a pleasant way to wake up I don't, I don't, yeah. Okay. The I got a story for that. The worst way I've ever woken up was I fell asleep <laughs> watching much music on Christmas Eve, like two thousand three. Oh no! And I woke up and like you know, in like the middle of the night, they have like what was called the wedge, where they played like the quote unquote independent music uh, videos. I don't remember um, that, but go on. I woke That's up and they were playing. Time. Fair. I woke up at three a.m. to. The video of Aphex's twins come to daddy, which is just a deformed face saying, I will eat your soul. And it's just a head like on a TV screen. And I was like, oh, great video. 
I'm scared. <laughs> I'm 10 years old and I hate this. <laughs> I'm 10 years old and I hate this is, is kind of Apex uh, Twin my watched response an episode to Apex of... Twin when I was 10 years old. Apex Twin watched an episode <laughs> of Courage the Cowardly Dog and was like copying their paper. The first time I saw the music video for Bjork's All is Full of Love, like I was scared of it, but then I was also like, this is kind of hot. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm nervous. <laughs> Like, like I don't like these. I don't like these late '90s CGI robots, but it's kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this doesn't awaken. That's a, that's a I hope this doesn't awaken anything in me. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was probably like twelve. <laughs> to go back to, I think you both shared your when first time I heard Weezer stories. Uh, mine is that I would have played uh, "Say It Ain't So" on like rock band or guitar hero yes. i think it would have been i think it oh, would have been yeah. rock band yes. uh on like ps2 with like my my like one friend when i was in elementary school uh i did not oh, I, yes. I was not familiar with the song before doing it with them in rock band but i was like this is a pretty f- good song that's that's my story yeah that's similar what introduced me later on down the road after beverly hills i'm like oh wait this song is good maybe they have other good songs yeah i remember like like only knowing the album that Beverly Hills was on, but then hearing that like other cool people liked Weezer, like on Tumblr. So I was like, I don't get it, but I guess I should see what they're on about. <laughs> I feel like Weezer is the Nicolas Cage of bands. <laughs> You're right. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Do, That's do you know a 100% I mean? factual statement. Yeah. Like, I've just learned, I think just in the last little while, I actually haven't even really immersed myself in that many Nicolas Cage movies, but I watched The Color from Outer Space, and I had this sort of revelation, and I was like, oh, Nicolas Cage is in many ways actually a really good actor. He just goes totally over the top and gonzo sometimes, but like most of the time his level of, in some movies anyway, his level of over the topness is perfectly modulated, so it actually works. I don't really know how to, Mm. I don't understand why it works, but I sincerely enjoyed his performance in that movie. And the moments where he like totally gonzoed out and just did something absurd, I, I stopped and I laughed and I was like laughing and not scared, but it didn't detract from my enjoyment of the movie. So I guess the comparison I'm trying to make is that Weezer is in many ways, as we're going to, I'm sure, talk about, they're very easy to make fun of. And uh, you can, you know, kind of point at their music and be like, oh, that's just some, that's some obnoxious uh, nerd pop rock but they have a niche and they make it work they have a niche and they make it work and yeah and i hate the niche but like it works (laughs) i love to hate and hate to love the niche um i I wanted to share something that uh i have heard i can't remember where i read this but somebody has described uh the sound of weezer as beach boys with marshall stacks i think that might be a little bit generous (laughs) in that um I, i don't think their songwriting is quite brian wilson level but I don't think that's, you know, too far off. And I think that is kind of why I like them. It doesn't have to be. No, it doesn't have to be. Mm. It's Rivers Cuomo level is what it is. Yeah, like, like that's kind of in the middle of the continuum between Brian and Mike Love. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. I can't wait till summer Cause it's gonna yeah. be a summer of love Hey now Well, it's a love thing can't wait for summer because it's gonna be a summer of love. 
volcano. Uh, okay, but I'm not wrong, right? Like you do hear you do hear that on on the Blue album, right? Like there's they sound like people who like the Beach Boys. Yeah, and at some points more than it's others. Like in Cars, he had rest when. He has that line about liking the Beach Boys, and it's like, Will, I know you like the Beach Boys. You don't yeah. have to tell me. <laughs> oh, Will. I think what it is is that their harmonies and the way they sing. Because going into a little bit of the research I did here, I do know that to practice for this album, they practiced singing like a barbershop quartet. They did. With like no instruments, they just went into like harmonies and lower pitches and like, yeah. So I think, and that's very much like, you know, early Beach Boys. So. Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, you can definitely hear that. Uh, I also found that in my research. Yeah, you can also, I feel like, I want Weezer, I want Weezer to cover Baby on board. Like from The Simpsons. Yes! <laughs> that, it's gonna, it's they gonna happen. Too. If they find, well, they're not gonna find the pod, but I don't know. I feel like Rivers Cuomo is the kind of person who, I, I, the way he's been handling the band in the last however long, he would do it. He would absolutely he would. do it. Okay, you know, you know how they covered Africa by Toto, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you know how that came to be? Uh, no. There was some high school kid who spent, like, two years on Twitter because they were bored, just, like, tagging Weezer and hassling them, like, once a week for years. <laughs> and, like, hey, Rivers, are you going to cover Africa by Toto yet? And then they tried to, like, troll their way out of it by covering a different Toto song. <laughs> <laughs> and then they finally like gave in after like two years and the teen was very stoked i'm very glad that they they did i was just gonna say i don't i don't think their cover i'm not sure if it really adds anything to the song but i mean i'm still glad it's they fine. did it it's fine yeah it's you know i mean it's fine it's i think it was more for their benefit than anything i mean well no for that kid's benefit i'm glad they're having fun yeah no <laughs> it's, were... a, it's a fun song to play they they played a little karaoke bar and they had a good time and I love that for them. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into like more about the band, I just have a really fun unrelated fact that I like. Yeah, please. Do you know what River's brother's name is? What? L- Leaves. That's. I'm great. not joking. This isn't a bit. No. Yeah. Well, his um his parents uh like he was raised first at a Zen center and then an ashram so uh that kind of would you know check out with how somebody who spends their time in those places would name their their kids hippies yeah i you said it not me yeah that's just my 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 fun fact because i i was like rivers and leaves somebody's got hippie parents yeah since this was uh your choice kathy do you want to get into a little bit of the history of the band oh man research uh yeah sure um I just remembered that I I decided to cover this album. I did uh, my my research focused a lot on like this album specifically and its recording process and not as much on how the like Weezer came to be per se. But uh, what I I believe Weezer was founded in the the early 90s. It says 92 here. And um, I actually did some research on their formation. Do you want to? Do you want to? Give the lore. I don't really know what I'm. Give the lore. You you give you give the lore and then I'll 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 jump in with the the album specific lore. Oh, they're from L.A. Yeah, Yeah, they're still from L.A. Woof. We'll tag team this. Yeah. Um, So Rivers grew up in Connecticut as at you said, like a Zen center. Yes. And. um. He moved to L.A. in 1989 of his metal band at the time called Avant Garde, yes. which is an interesting name. It was also called Zoom later on. I like that name better. And just Zoom is better. They disbanded. 
met the drummer of we- current drummer of Weezer, Patrick Wilson. They moved in with him and Matt Sharp. They formed a band called Fuzz. That broke up. Then they formed a band called 60 Wrong Sausages. Then they broke up. And they eventually formed Weezer on February 14th, 1992. I don't know why they have the very specific date the band started. Those fans on Wikipedia are very dedicated. And their first show, they closed for a band called Dogstar, which is Keanu Reeves' band. Yes. I thought that was a very interesting Really good. It's very good. Awesome. Yeah. Also fits very much into Weezer lore because they're always just, they always have guest stars. It's like the Muppet Show. Yeah, totally. They are kind of like the Muppet Show of a band. (laughs) So, yeah, so I can kind of pick it up from there. So... Uh, when Weezer was was coming up, it was the early 90s and alternative music was in and grunge was in specifically. And a big part of what contributed in a, in a roundabout way, this is going to get to kind of why their album sounds the way it does, is they were they were, you know, they were surrounded by, you know, grunge bands and Nirvana was in. And there was a lot of like really loud rock music, but they sort of tried to imitate that sound. Uh, and it was, wasn't quite a fit for the songs they were writing because Weezer's like, at least on the blue album, um, the songs are, it's very much like, um, it's very much like power pop. I mean, it's not as, it's not like super complicated power pop, but it's like, it's, um, it's pop rock fundamentally. It's not, it's not Nirvana. It's a different band. Uh, and mm-hmm. they, they, you can say that a lot about a lot of bands that they're not Nirvana. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of bands are Nirvana. <laughs> Only some bands are Nirvana. That's true. Um, I do want to say one thing too. Yeah. Just because it's like talking about the pop thing. Rivers Cuomo is known to have a four ring binder he calls the Pop Bible. Oh, I did not know he, this. He listens to popular music on the radio and writes down their chord structure and then like deconstructs them to write new songs. Backwards Reverse engineering. engineer. Reverse engineers it. Thank you. He reverse engineers popular pop songs to write new songs. Yeah. And that's like, a, wow, uh, that's I f- feel like I should start doing that. Um, I mean, that's that's how you write songs, though. I mean, it's just it's if it's not a four ring or like three ring binder or whatever it is, it's like you're just still doing that subconsciously, at least in my experience as a songwriter, is you are. And I think this is a big contributor to Weezer's sound is you do you're literally just filtering through like thousands of songs you've heard on the radio and your brain kind of jumbles it all up and spits out something that's a little bit of all of it. Um, so he's mm-hmm. just he's just making that process more systematic and, and rigorous, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I I haven't seen anything from his pop Bible, but I've I've heard it's quite thick. <laughs> I can imagine there's a, quite a yeah. glut of uh, pop music being produced continuously what i was going to say about the grunge thing is there's uh i i actually if you enjoy weezer i do recommend listening to they have a demo that came out before the blue album called the kitchen tape and you can hear a lot of the songs that are on the blue album and it's cool because some of them sound pretty similar uh they all sound a little bit different and a lot of them are slower uh and it's kind of sludgier and they also the guitar tone is sounds different and that's actually for that's um that's uh that's rick okasek's fault um uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm putting that in a really negative way actually but um they were trying to sound grunge basically uh they were trying to be sound like slow and low and like crunchy and i think it didn't really suit their sound and 
basically one of the things that I find really interesting about this band is the influence that Rick Okasek had. So he was he was the guy from the Cars. Uh, I think he was the main songwriter of the Cars. Uh, and when Weezer got signed to a label, they the label was like, "You need a producer. We're not going to let you self produce it." And they were like, "Hey, Rick Okasek works with us. Do you want him to produce your album?" And they listened to the Cars debut album. Or Rivers Cuomo did, and he was like, yeah, this is pretty cool, actually. These are some good songs. So he was like, sure, I'll work with Rick Okasek. And one of the things that Rick did is he convinced the band to switch from the bridge to the neck pickups of their guitars. <laughs> so for, for context for non-guitar people, the bridge pickup sounds like more like low frequencies, more mellow, and then the neck pickup... Uh, or no, hang on. Did I have that backwards? Okay, so I had this backwards. My bad. So yeah, no, okay. He convinced them to switch from the neck to the bridge, not the other way around. I, when I was typing my notes, I typed it backwards, and I was like, "Have I has my entire understanding of Weezer a lie?" Uh, but yeah, basically. Yeah. So which one did you, would you would you say though? I, I haven't heard that distinction. Like, which one would you say is like hotter? I'd say the bridge pickup is hotter. Right. Okay. I I would I would agree with that actually. So yeah, exactly. Like, uh, the neck is more mellow and low frequencies and then the bridge is like hotter and it tends to like clip especially in like the higher frequency ranges because it, it just is a it's it's picking up higher frequencies it's more yeah it's more more twangy um anyway all of which is to say that weezer had their guitars sounding as like low and mellow as possible because they were trying to sound like grunge and when one of the things rick okasek did is he was like no you were writing bright sparkly pop rock you need to use the neck pickups and i just think that's such a like it sounds like such a simple change but i think that you once you understand that fact and you listen to the album you're like oh yeah wow it does sound like they're using the neck pickups like it's very shiny you know they didn't mm. let anyone dull their sparkle no uh he and uh, cuomo also banned reverb in production of the album uh this is alleged good um yeah reverb is <laughs> is evil um and they also uh insisted that the guitar be played the all the guitar parts be played with only downstrokes. They're poor wrists though. I know like that I'm uh, I'm gonna report Rivers Kumo for OSHA violations for not providing proper ergonomic supports. I, I want to share one more fact and then I'm I'm done with the, 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 the recording facts. And by the way, these are alleged facts. I you know they no, there's citations in the Wikipedia article, but I'm just getting them from the Wikipedia article. Um, the most so just to recap, they convinced them to switch from the bridge to the neck pickups, making it sound much brighter. They banned reverb. Uh, this is these are decisions they came to collectively as a band with the influence of of Rick Okasek. They played the guitar with only downstrokes, and this is the most remarkable part to me. The overriding concept was to treat the guitars and bass as a single ten string instrument playing in unison. You can definitely hear that. Yeah, you can definitely hear that. Um, it's funny because they don't perfectly abide by that or the downstroke thing especially because they have they have some acoustic guitar parts that are don't fit that rule they're more noodly and they don't just use downstrokes and they're uh and then there's also certain like electric guitar parts like at the beginning of like say it ain't so that's not really you know in sync with the bass at all but by and large the rhythm guitar and the bass play is like one thing and just that's just such a weird way to put it like a single 10 string instrument that's that's what they went into recording the album thing and we were gonna use the guitars and the bass as a single 10 string instrument that's just such a out there concept that's kind of a wild it's a, it's a wild concept for 1994 yeah um which by the way was kind of an interesting year in music well not an interesting i don't know 
Uh, I was thinking like, hmm, 1994, that's like a, a real 90s music year. <laughs> it's a real 90s music year. It's the same year that Dookie by Green Day came out. It is the same year that Hole's first album came out. It's the same year that MTV, uh, Nirvana's MTV Unplugged came out. Same year that Jack Buckley's Grace came out. Same year that the <laughs> that Korn's Wait, debut it? album was it Holes' first album? Uh, Holes? Uh, isn't Live Through This their first album? No. No? Uh, oh. Pretty on the Inside is. Oh, okay, then I stand corrected, but it was the, it's the year that Live Through This, uh, which is their second album, you're right, my, my, Yeah, no, Courtney Love was, like, like, already known for doing music stuff. I feel like, uh, Live Through This was, like, their, their popular breakthrough it was, album. It was the breakout album. Yeah. I don't I should actually listen to Pretty on the Inside. I don't think I've ever listened to it. I feel like you would enjoy it actually. I think I would. Oh, I I I love Hole, so um but anyway, it was it, there was a lot happening in in music in 19 1994. They just don't make years like they used to. No, they really don't. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry for the info dump. I feel like once I I, I got on a roll, it's like, "Oh, and this and this and this" cuz I just This is what we're all about here. This is that is what the podcast medium is for. <laughs> Excellent. I think it's good they banned reverb because I think a lot of this is going to be my hot take. That's today. controversial. I think a lot of <laughs> I think a lot of producers use reverb as kind of like a crutch for, like, I don't know. I feel like they cover up what some songs might lack with reverb sometimes. I feel like they they just put on the reverb and be like, "This is because we're sensitive." <laughs> True. <laughs> You know, <laughs> it's uh, it's an interesting it's an interesting choice uh, to ban the reverb in this case. And, but I think, I, yeah, I definitely agree with Devlin. I think it works. Um, gives it a, a particular sound. The Weezer sound. To use my my uh, my audio school language for mm-hmm. this. It's a very dry album. There is like no wet. Yes. It's also produced like a metal album because it's so loud yes. and the guitars sound like a literal wall yeah and, I, and so i think that's actually what uh, to me that's one of the cool things about the album is that is that how that's juxtaposed with the fact that it's basically pop music um is that the guitars are so loud and i feel like that's kind of part of weezer's signature thing is that they're just pop rock but they're like really 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 loud pop rock rock and mm-hmm. roll the rock and roll um apparently they insisted that the guitars uh for the album be mixed as loudly as those in uh creep by radiohead which buried some of the vocals <laughs> i feel like that's what johnny greenwood would have wanted just to bury yeah. the vocals <laughs> um we're getting into the allegedly zone here because <laughs> We're getting into our first controversy because I want to bring it up while we're talking about the recording. Mm-hmm. During the recording of this record, allegedly, actually this happened for sure, but I'm going to get into the allegedly part later. They fired their guitar player at the time. Mm-hmm. They say that on Wikipedia. You're allowed to say it. They fired. No, I, have a, I, have a, I have a different part that's not on Wikipedia. They fired their guitarist, Cropper. Yes. So what happened is that Cropper found out that his girlfriend was pregnant and was not doing well mentally. And according to Rivers Cuomo, in between takes would go up on the roof and like scream and freak out, which honestly is fair. Like, you know, unexpected pregnancies are scary, you know. And um, in the middle of recording, Rivers went to the producer and said, we're firing the guitarist. I'm going to do all the takes right now. I'm going to redo them all. And he did them all in one take and kicked him out of the band. 
but the allegedly part, because they didn't talk about this and what happened till 2014, because, again, allegedly, the band had Cropper sign an NDA to not talk about the drama in the studio, mm-hmm. which I think is not nice. A little saucy. Mm-hmm. And the, the actual instigating incident to kick him out of the band was his pregnant girlfriend showing up at the studio. And then the whole band was like, no, we're not doing this. Women That's need emotional up. support. Get well, out. I feel like that kind of illuminates one of the one of the really polarizing aspects of this band is I, I feel like they're just a bunch of guys. Like they're really just a bunch of guys being dudes. Um, Saturdays for the boys. Yes, uh, and that's like when you said. I was gonna say it's it's a big dudes rock band. Yeah, <laughs> like when Tuesday said at the beginning, like you can smell that album cover. Like it doesn't <laughs> smell good. Um, they, I feel like uh, one of the one of the fascinating things to me about Weezer is that so much of Rivers Cuomo's lyricism is he's really leaning into he's adopting and really leaning into this like this sort of self-obsessed um egotistical uh nerd prototype incel prototype incel yeah exactly and he's really leaning into it and he's kind of and it's it's, it's really wild because across the course of the album he says all these really weird at different times weird gross awful what the kind of things uh, and somehow by the end, you, you still, for me anyway, you still find him to be a sympathetic character, uh, and see something mm-hmm. of yourself in, in this, this character, uh, kind of like, I don't know, Catcher in the Rye or something. Although the difference there is in Catcher in the Rye that that's like a literal kid. Uh, these guys, I guess they were in college, so, you know, they were still man babies, but I feel like that's the thing about Weezer for me that kind of, it's like re- attractive and repulsive at once is the, the sheer doodliness of it mm-hmm. and like in a way like we're not all born with perfect politics no, right you have to learn through experience so i feel like in some ways like listening to interviews with rivers talking about the lyricism saying that he wanted to just get in touch with these open very honest feelings that he had at the time which doesn't excuse songs like No One Else, mm-hmm. which is like maybe one of the most misogynistic songs Weezer has ever written. Yeah. Slash pretty bad all around. But like, like it makes sense if you're just feeling these feelings and writing them down when you don't fully understand the weight of what you're saying. Yeah. No One Else is an interesting one because you could, if you take it as sincere, then it's absolutely just the most disgusting awful song um i always kind of heard i always kind of heard it as as kind of um as kind of tongue-in-cheek like the the narrator is is you know feeling these things and like that may, might come from the writer's actual life but i feel like the way it's written like i just can't fathom somebody writing that song and not being like yeah i'm writing a jerk ass guy right now like I'm writing from the perspective of a jerk ass guy who you don't, you know, who's who's in the wrong. But maybe that's just my my mm-hmm. worldview. Um, Rivers, Rivers, are you are you slash J or slash SRS? <laughs> Please one, use tone indicators. That that one went went way over my head. I'm so sorry. It's like what the teens are doing on the internet now to like. Oh, slash J slash SRS. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Took me a second. So what the teens are doing on the internet now. Yeah. Um, 
well, lose that sound. It's like Garfield. Are you slash J or slash SRS? Well, that is the question we're asking <laughs> Rivers over the course of this this whole album, and it's never it's never really clear. Um, I mean, that's I, also like a classic incel thing where they're like, "Of course, I know this is horrible and misogynistic. It's just a joke." You make a really good point, actually, and that makes me start to question some of the warm, fuzzy feelings I, because see, I. I my my way I've looked at this album is that fundamentally it's like I'm a sort of a self-aware thing and that it's he is self-aware of and leaning into the the guy thing and he's trying to but I think I think the reality of Rivers Cuomo is is that and again you know there's gonna be a lot of allegedly going on here or here let's use I statements actually um yeah. <laughs> I perceive Rivers Cuomo to be even now a profoundly immature person um I, I don't you know, I, he thinks I, Beverly Hills is one of his highlights of his career. I don't trust his opinions. <sighs> He's really good at writing <laughs> very catchy songs. I will give him that. Beverly Hills, very catchy, not in a good way, but yeah. Um, I would sing it in a crowded unf- football stadium. <laughs> the unfortunate thing I have found from listening to interviews and reading like articles online about what Rivers has said about his lyricism is that it's not meant to be tongue in cheek and it's just him being brutally honest with the feelings he was feeling at the time. Ah. Which leaves it feeling not good. No. This is the real me. I'm being sincere and controversial. Try to cancel me, Libs. And then he's like, women suck. Why won't they sleep with me? It's, Lesbians? It's just, Never goes, heard of them. This just kind of goes further if you look into the release of Pinkerton, mm. which has a lot more misogynistic mm-hmm. tones and creepy tones, aka uh, the song Across the Sea, where he's singing about a literal child. And it's like, it's kind of, you know, like, um, he sent an email out before Pinkerton was released to the Weezer fan club as it was the style at the time with the emailing mm-hmm. um that he was fully aware that he was fully aware that the album went into these darker tones and some people would not be okay with the subject matter so it's like he wrote these things that he says are his honest feelings and he acknowledged it but he still did it and i don't really know where that leaves you know like if you do something that you know is bad but you do it anyway you know what I mean? He did a I content think... warning. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I am very disappointed to hear that he doesn't seem to have as much self-awareness as I, I, I wanted to give him credit for uh, about his really gross lyricism. There is one thing, actually, that I, I know that I don't think he's ever been like, yeah, this is kind of weird. Like, actually, there is a quote. Let's see if I can find it. But basically, I feel like we have to talk about this. Um, uh, so, as I'm sure you both know, one of the weirdest and grossest things about Rivers Cuomo is that he has a well-known fetish for Asian women, and he brings mm-hmm. it up in several of his songs, including on the Blue album. Uh, uh, apparently, Buddy Holly was written after his friends made fun of his Asian girlfriend, and there's a line in there which is, "Your tongue is twisted, your eyes are slit, you need a guardian," which is kind of like uh, what the uh, sorry what. Come on. And then in, in El Scorcho, which is on uh, Pinkerton, he starts goes, he starts right out by saying, God damn, you half Japanese girls do it for me every time. 
like yeah like the, he leaves. just yeah i mean not so and then and then the kicker is he ended up marrying and having children with a japanese woman who was a fan of his yes ah yes that that detail. classic because it's his radio i guess we kind of have to be like allegedly mm, my my arms are open i'm going mm, mm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Things that but, make uh, you go. Hmm. Yeah, the evidence for some pretty terrible things is right there in the open. I didn't even realize that about the Buddy Holly line. Like that, that context. I'm like, oh come on, that's that's rough. Yeah. yeah. Well, even I feel I just- like when we're talking about the lyricism, like that's not really speculation. You know, like we're talking but, about the lyricism but, itself. Yeah. We're, I guess it is like right speculation there. about like his personal life, whatever. Like he's putting that out there on an album. I feel like it's fair to criticize it and its implications. I feel like yeah, it's, you're right. Yeah, I feel like it's not out of line or speculation to criticize yeah, the lyrics right. themselves. They're not good. I don't think we're saying anything about like we're not we're not saying anything about Rivers Cuomo that isn't that you can't turn up with a, a basic Google search. Oh yeah. Uh, like this yeah. has been this has been talked about extensively. So This is the perpetual dunk. I'm, that we are I'm just not, joining. I don't think we're really really damaging his his reputation here. But you know, that I think that really is the cherry on top of the the gross the grossness of of Weezer uh is is that the the recurrent racial fetishization. I just want to go back to like a no one else though because I'm curious what you two think about this. I always thought no one else was meant to be like the first of a pair of songs with the world has turned and left me here which that one actually the latter is that's probably my favorite song on the album um and i always interpreted that as like on he's being gross on no one else and then on the world has turned left me here he's like oh i'm experiencing the consequences of my own grossness so that well if it isn't the consequences of my own actions (laughs) (laughs) exactly i don't know what do you think about that i think that is a good observation actually i think those two songs do go very well together like thematically i like I that never really theory. considered that actually i like that as a theory yeah, like and that. it's not i didn't originate that theory again i think that's actually in the youtube or sorry in the the wikipedia article um i just once i read that i was like oh yeah that actually makes a lot of sense um yeah i don't know i think that's a really interesting thing to grapple with because like as you as you can probably tell i i my our, our our respective research that we've done is overlapping in some ways but also there's there's some not overlap and i had not really i had not really realized to what extent rivers cuomo was like no i mean i mean what i say in these songs because to me like i i don't know i don't know if it's a bit or not you don't know if it's a bit or not well just to, okay for like i guess where i'm coming at for like why i feel this strange fascination and repulsion is you know uh and i'm just for the record i'm just speaking from my experiences here as a as a transgender woman i'm not trying to say this is everybody's experience at all but i started high school essentially as a 13 year old boy i was an ignorant boy who did not particularly understand or like feminism and I was just, I was a gross, smelly person. And then over, actually over the course of high school, I grew as a person. I started to understand gender a bit better and start to understand how I felt about my gender. And I started to have this repulsion where I'm like, I don't want to be a dude. I'm not a dude. I don't like what dudes do and what they say. Um, 
Dudes don't rock. Uh, dudes don't rock. Uh, <laughs> and then over, and so I actually, you know, to question, to to question and mock uh, the way dudes do is a pretty essential part of my being because it's how I came to understand who I am today. But I still have empathy for, you know, like I have empathy for incels, even though they're awful and drive me crazy and have killed people. I mean, I think, like, I don't think that what they believe is right or okay, but you know, I understand that it comes from a, a, a place of basically feeling alienated and alone and it's their way of coping. And so I guess the thing about well, it doesn't like, exist the, in a bubble, right? No, exactly. Like that's how hate groups uh, recruit. That's All what right. I meant. Like that's how they recruit is that they go for vulnerable people and they're like, you know, all the problems that make you miserable in your life, it's not actually capitalism. It's women. Mm-hmm. Well, I, 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 was yeah. Yeah. I was listening to a Behind the Bastards episode about this like yesterday where they were talking about um, sort of sort of the history of incels being like that pre and early Internet. And like, that's pretty much where it came from, where like it was the 80s crashing and they were just like, actually, this is because of women having jobs. Do you think do you do you two think that the album as a whole makes a coherent sort of misogynist or sexist point? I don't think I don't think the blue album particularly, but I think Pinkerton, their follow up. Yeah, definitely has a misogynistic tone to it that is hard to ignore. Yeah, I like, pretty hard to ignore I it would feels ha- like reading a, a college kid's diary. Well, exactly. Like, big, like, you know, it's, there's some relatable moods, but also you're eye rolling. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So for the Blue Album specifically, yeah, I, it is, that is, it is exactly like reading a college kid's diary. I mean, you've got, you know, just to go through all the, like, you've got, um, you know, jealousy and abandonment, you, and love and being depressed and uh you've got doing doing your your dungeons and dragons in your garage and your escapist fantasies trying desperately trying to avoid accountability yeah yeah uh you got that too uh you've got wishing you were doing something cool that you're not like surfing um side note actually me and jill have been wanting to write for a long time a song that is basically a ripoff of surf wax america but it's about bikes instead and we're wanting to call it bike grease turtle island uh so nice. that's good uh look, look out for that on the second kitty prozac album i guess i think uh, you should be like a like 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 a bike ripoff of early beach boys yeah exactly yeah no this is this is good stuff yes 100 and then you write a really sad album and it's called bikes up <laughs> and you're like this tree is sad oh my Tuesday, god you're an idea machine sorry tuesday's an idea machine they really are good ideas. they really are <laughs> i was gonna say you also I have... don't because i don't leave my house a lot <laughs> same they're british out here <laughs> i don't blame you the weather's british too i imagine oh yeah yeah um i was gonna say i was just gonna say that the album actually closes you would you would think that such a you know a sugary poppy bright sparkly um album uh would end with like some sort of happy ending but i i think it's actually very appropriate that the last song only in dreams is uh 
it's very much like guy does not get the girl like guy dreams about the girl but it's only in dreams um Mm-hmm. And I, I think that about that song. I, I, you should tell that story. Okay, so grade eight at my high school, my our, our beloved band teacher who was really into slam poetry is like, let's have a haiku contest. We have a box at the principal's office where kids can write haikus and submit them, and then we pick the winner each week and read it over the morning announcements bless her sweet soul i wrote a haiku that was heavily derivative of only in dreams but i thought i was being like edgy because i was like referring to the object of my affection with she her pronouns and it was like like my name was attached to it and i was like guess what high school roll up your sleeves i'm a homo um (laughs) and so like like they read it over the announcements and they were like congratulations you win five dollars it's importance and then <laughs> my friend immediately comes up to me and she was like a heavy 4chan mew user and she was like yeah that was my favorite that was my favorite song off the blue album too and i was like you're right you're right you're right you're right you're right <laughs> <laughs> oh that's good <laughs> I, like I, it was uh... mean but it was warranted <laughs> I feel like it's that's uh, that's the that's the blue album though. It's kind of like a secret. Like you don't come right out and say that you like it, but then if it comes up, you were like, "Oh yeah, I see you." I like unless you use Mew heavily in grade eight. Yeah, then you're fine. <laughs> Which I did. Oh, I man. just like did by proxy because I was like, I hate this website, but they got some bangers. <laughs> yeah, I definitely did by proxy. I had a I had a classmate in grade eight who definitely spent a lot of time on there, and I have a distinct memory of him. And keep in mind, I, I I'd already listened to in the airplane over the sea by this this time. I have a distinct memory yeah. of him going up to me and be like, "Hey, have you listened to this band? Uh, it's it's uh called Neutral Milk Hotel. They're the best band in the world. They're really really good. You should listen to them." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm, I've <laughs> I've heard of them. Thank you." <laughs> yes, I go on the internet as well. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and I, I did like that, that album at the time. I still think it's, I, I haven't listened to it in a while, but, um, I, feel, I like it. I like it too. I like it too. I feel like that actually could be a good, good subject for a future, future music is good episode. Cause there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, I want to like, like unpack oh, yeah. the cultural context of Mewcore. Just mm-hmm. cause like as someone who really aggressively did not use 4chan, cause I was like a really, you know, a little baby liberal feminist and a lot of my friends were, in hindsight, like, they were probably, like, closeted trans femmes who were really into 4chan. Uh, so that's an interesting combination to have happen. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I just... <laughs> I I just want to talk about, like, the impact of, like, like have a nice life and <laughs> Now that we're all queer yeah. and leftist and grew well, out of our well, edge well, phases. how the tables have turned. Oh, how the turntables. <laughs> I've had this memory playing in my head since we started talking about this, but my old band, I remember at a 333 show, we did a Weezer cover. Yeah. Oh yeah, which one? And when, Like what song? We did, ti- we did Tired of Sex off Pinkerton. Oh hell yeah. Yeah. And the second we played the first, like, lick, every dude in the room screamed. They were like, <laughs> and like that's just like the purest form of like yeah dudes this is rock. dudes rock music <laughs> okay you know on eric andre where they reuse that 
sound effect when when they have the audience cheering, like the canned audience applause, mm. and they have that one guy mm. in the background just go yeah, and they just reuse that sound effect every time they use that. Yeah, that's how I imagine that sounded at three three three. It was like a bunch of like young looking dudes in the back, and they were like not paying attention until we played that song. Yeah, <laughs> like just all the guys on Tinder with like uh like like eighties cop drama mustaches like those guys oh yeah that's exactly who they were <laughs> i have a fun little uh backstory thing for for that that song tired of sex although it's not actually off the blue album uh which is actually it's a f- more uh, not more a forward story than a backstory because this actually happened after long after the album came out album came out in 96 uh uh in 2000 2000- and then you were born and then i was born in 99 um <laughs> <laughs> we're building a timeline uh, thank you. I'm glad to be part of it. Um, You're welcome. Um, in 2004, he was like finishing up some college courses or something. Uh, apparently, uh, college dragged on quite a long time for Rivers Cuomo. Uh, he apparently wrote an More essay, than one. Uh, which I unfortunately I, I don't know if I wrote down the name of. Uh, it it has it's like a cruel and something master. Hang on. Uh, gonna go uh, on academic search complete to look for this rivers cuomo essay anyway he um oh man uh i'll, I'll find the title in a in, in a second but he he basically wrote an essay talking about how that's like the backstory for for tired of sex talking about how like casual sex made him unhappy which is you know I, actually that's fair uh it's just a very unusual position for a, a rock star to to articulate um it, and it that's goes, why I'm participating in No Not November. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, uh, I, there's, there's an, uh, somebody else writing about it summarized it better than I ever could because it, it really goes all over the place. Uh, but uh, they, and I'm just trying to find the quote. Um, uh, I don't know who I'm quoting here, but apparently it covers his desire for a mate, his fondness for massage parlor handjobs and internet porn, his self-imposed two years of celibacy and his frequent wet dreams caused by said celibacy. So just know that there's an essay by Rivers Cuomo covering all of that and more. Um, if you are interested in that. See, I, that is... I'm going to keep that in mind whenever I have to write a personal essay and I'm like, this is too much information. It's called, like... Yeah, it's called a mad and furious master. <laughs> uh, the mad and furious master being his libido, presumably. Yeah. That is pretty damning to what we were saying earlier, to be honest. That's rough, buddy. Well, I yeah, mean, rough, buddy. He, people contain multitudes. Like, he can simultaneously be like, yeah, I'm a horny f- boy, and be like, oh no, I'm a horny f- boy. What the f-? This is causing me an existential crisis. Like, you know, he's a... I'm he's so a f- up. <laughs> and then he can go back to continuing to fetishize Asian women and being gross and still, you know, still engaging in It's like the performative... It's like the it's like the Bojack shit. It's like, oh my god, I'm so a woman. I'm such a bad person. Continues to do it the next day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not saying now. That, not saying that River Cuomo actually is to women, or because we don't know that. Um, Says publicly things about racialized women. Yes. And that, yes. Writes that we music personally... that has attitudes towards women that he seems to endorse and not criticize openly. Yes. Yeah. I think. The thing that I, the overall, if I can try to draw some of the loose threads that I've, that we've dropped all over the place about the Blue Album, 
um, the overall impression I get of it is that it's, it is kind of a romanticization of young manhood and young boyhood. Young white manhood. Young, young white manhood. And so I think that really covers both the, the fun aspects, uh, like the way that, and I'll come back to this in a second, but the way that it's like really rooted in like classic rock. Uh, and the way it's like very much a consciously like a rock album and it's a fun rock album and that also connects the gross sexism and and it's just young it's young white man music it's guys being dudes mm-hmm. oh yeah like like it, i think it's perfectly summed up in some of the lyrics like in one song he's like my favorite rock group kiss who were not known for their favorable takes on women and saying he has a poster of his favorite comic book woman on his wall, K- Kitty Pride, in that one song. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, this is a suburban white dude in his early 20s. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think I, that's like, I mean, it's like not all the, the fan base, but like it's probably a significant amount of the fan base where like, I remember being a suburban white dude in my early 20s. Those were the days, man. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, if you're not that and you're trying to enjoy the song... Like you're trying to enjoy the song, but then you're like, "Oh, I remember the suburban white dudes who like made my life hell." This is music for them. Like, like it's a good song, but like, <laughs> I'm not the. I feel like I'm not really the target audience for the no. nostalgic vibes or whatever they're going for. Yeah, mm-hmm. I almost get to be honest. The way that so here's here's my big confession. After all this talk of of you know at the beginning, I was like, "Oh yeah, Weezer actually influenced my music." You know blah 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 oh i remember playing weezer on rock band when i was in like grade four um i don't think i actually listened to the blue album in full until a couple of years ago uh and i actually cannot say that i am directly consciously influenced by weezer at all uh however if i were if if i had to explain like my music to somebody in terms of only the most popular albums and bands i would probably be like uh sounds kind of like green day dookie weezer blue album except it's trans uh and the thing about that is that i mean the green day thing is a whole other thing but really when i'm saying oh i sound like weezer i actually didn't listen to weezer i listened to hundreds of hours of 70s and 80s classic rock and you know and 60s and 70s and 80s pop music and filtered that through my subconscious and then got in touch with this very basic desire to just play that kind of pop rock really loud which is essentially what weezer is doing is they are just making fun fun catchy poppy rock music and they are turning it up to 11 and in that sense that's what i'm trying i'm trying to do with my music but i actually think that if anything, like when you listen to Weezer, you don't just hear Weezer, you hear all of the like dad bands that they were listening, like the Cars, for example, um, you know, oh, yeah. like or, or just I don't know, like if you made a 70s classic rock playlist and you listen to that and then you listen to the Blue Album, you're like, OK, well, they were definitely listening to this. Um, and I think that's honestly where most of my nostalgic, warm, fuzzy feelings come with the album is not the lyrical content, because lyrical content is by and large kind of gross and sometimes relatable but often not but i think the sound of the album is something that i feel very unequivocally good about because it's i just like i like how it sounds um it's iconic it is and iconic and i By guess design. that also just like like it yeah it is iconic but also like it's become part of a canon of alternative rock music mm-hmm. that 
mm-hmm. centers the rivers Kumos and you know white guys being white guys and just like you know like it's it's okay for those bands to be derivative of the music their dads listen to whereas mm-hmm. like you know if an asian woman writes a feelsy song and plays guitar they're like oh my god this is just a mitski r- ripoff well, well totally because like i i think growing up as the ignorant white boy that i was i think that my whole background and world for like you know music in the past was like the that my dad listened to like classic rock since then as we all have we've broadened our horizons and we realized that yeah what weezer is playing is as cool as it is at times it's not all there is out there and i think that's why it can get so abrasive sometimes and why some people hate weezer so much is it's just very itself and what it is is very generic mm-hmm. white guy like, pop rock mm-hmm. yeah it's like i don't know it's like not i don't even know if i dislike weezer like it's hard to dislike this album because on paper if you don't fully think about the lyrical content and its deeper meanings it's kind of a perfect power pop album. Mm-hmm. Like they are they well-crafted pop songs. Yeah. And also I'm over it. Yeah. But they're well-crafted pop songs. Yeah. Well, it's I but, I remember I I was introduced like I time I actually listened to this album, I was probably like in the car with Jill uh and I was like, "Oh, what are we going to listen to?" "Oh, I actually don't think I've ever listened to the Blue album." And she's like, "Oh, well, you got to listen to the Blue album at least once." And so we listened you to it. it. I was like, you gotta and it's like oh this album's great and i've listened to it many times since then but i remember talking to her a few months ago and she was like you know if i never listened to the blue album by weezer again in my entire life i would be okay with that and i was like yeah i feel like everybody's gonna reach that point with this album eventually is like you you're into it and then you're over it but it's i'm not music over for it a yet. time and place yes yeah that's kind of where i was going with my my, my takeaway from this is that like when i was younger i love this album but st- Post 25, like the listens have become few and far between to the point where, like, this is the first time I listened to it in maybe two years. I think it ages itself out pretty fast. Yeah. It's one of those angst outlets. Mm hmm. Like, I don't know. I, I try not to be quick to write off a lot of music as, like, you know, this is teen angst music. Like, I think a lot of people do that to Nirvana, for example, and I think that I I don't think I agree with that necessarily. Kind of, mm-hmm. not not necessarily. Um, but yeah, this one's just kind of like I don't know, early twenties vibes. Why is everyone so mean to me? It's indicative of a time and place that is very rooted in your social status in the world and rooted in their social status in the world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what i think my my takeaway from it though is like like when i when i think back to it i don't think like wow this is an unequivocally great album that i want to recommend to everybody but in a way as a musician i find it inspiring partly because of its flaws because i see what it succeeds at which is being Mm, a really mm -hmm. tight power pop album. And I think, and I look at its flaws and I'm like, well, this was made exactly like you said, it's made by somebody who's not me by a cis white guy who experiences privileges and, you know, has, has entitlement that I don't. 
Uh, but I look at the success of it and I think, what if I made something that had that appeal, but I made it as me? Uh, and I guess that's that's kind of where like I because I, I mm-hmm. see an affinity there where I'm also trying to like put all the rock music my dad listened to in a blender and then spit it out in my own my own form. Um, Make and it I d- trans. And, and I will say so my recommendation anybody listening to this is if you want to if you haven't listened to the Blue Album, you can if you want, but you don't have to. There's actually another album that is also flawed, but I actually think you should go listen to there is a band that I discovered less than a year ago and I was like, oh, they're like lesbian Weezer. They're stoner lesbian Weezer from Windsor, Ontario. What are they called? They're called Partner. Okay. Uh, Are you you too aware of Partner? I feel like you sent me the link and then I didn't end up listening to it and I'm very sorry. Um, That's totally okay. You you could be, you, you would totally be forgiven. Um, what is the name of their album? Anyway, they have a they have um they have an album where they're clearly they're clearly trying to rip off the Weezer thing. It's like both of them standing looking straight at the camera, except it's a red background instead of a blue one. Uh, and they're d- and they're not Rivers Cuomo and his white boy buddies. Um, and it smells <laughs> like band name. something different. It smells like something different. It smells like weed. Uh, yeah. mostly. Okay. <laughs> um um and estrogen dominant body odor perhaps um, and like and like like incense but like nice incense like, yeah yeah i f- so i'm not I saying i finally that- figured out sorry oh, no, i don't mean to interrupt but i finally figured out what the blue album smells like yeah what does it smell like smells like smells like day old 7-eleven nacho cheese yeah <laughs> and um mixed with mixed with a bottle depot like you know how a bottle depot smells like coke and also beer and also mold at the yes. same time oh yeah anyway continue i'm sorry oh, no, I, just, okay. I just needed to announce my discovery no that's a very important discovery yeah maybe I guess also I, socks i feel like socks i think definitely socks as well there's some bo in there as well i think um, it, it's like that it's like that amazon review of that bulk pack of tissues written by the mom and it's like yesterday i cut my hand on a sock <laughs> I haven't seen that, but that's incredible. I'm gonna yeah. find it. I guess I guess I guess what I was trying to say is is just that I am like Weezer, yeah, they're they're pretty cool. Glad you know, I guess glad they exist, question mark, but I'm much more enthused about all the people who are trying to do what they did better. Uh so mm-hmm. I think you should go listen to In Search of Lost Time by partner, uh, and just compare and contrast. I also think you should listen to my album and she'll be afraid when it comes out uh, and compare and contrast. Um, Please absolutely do. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, they, they, they're very much of a time and place, but I think they did achieve something. Um, I, I think, you know, the charts don't, the charts don't lie. Uh, and I'm, I'm interested in taking what they achieved, but removing the, the doodly aspect if that's at all possible oh yeah yeah i guess my final take of the day before we start to wrap things up is that like this is the perfect example of like the in its own time incredibly flawed masterpiece where it's like there are lots of things wrong with it but it's iconic and you cannot deny what it did for the the modern canon of music yes but we can like analyze it, take the good away, and improve upon it. Yeah, like that's. I yeah, that I know how I want to. Yeah. I know how I want to sign off on this. Mm-hmm. It's like 
these are bangers, but I want to read the Kleenex review on Amazon. So imagine me <laughs> feeling like this about the album, but also headbanging at the same time, okay? Okay. The interview, okay. Uh, the, the Amazon review is rated five stars and titled A Mother's Struggle, reviewed in the United States on December 8th, 2013. I want to start this off by thanking Kleenex for selling these in 36 packs. I've put it on subscription, and if they want to start selling a 72-pack, sign me up. I have three reasons for needing this much Kleenex, and their names are Liam, Samuel, and Hank. This is how it goes in this house. First the Kleenex disappears, <laughs> then the toilet paper. Then they go for fabrics, and you don't want it to get there unless you're ready to invest in a five-gallon drum of Febreze. This used to be a good Christian home, but it's not about moral judgment anymore. I'm way beyond that. I'm in survival mode. If I don't supply absorbent paper products, I'm going to find my dish towels hidden in the basement stiff as aluminum. The other day, I almost cut my hand on a sock. I'm sorry to speak so frankly, but with three teenage boys, a woman has got to be practical. The funny part is, they think they're being sneaky with their 45-minute showers and sudden need for privacy. I'm definitely going to walk in on them journaling. I try to announce my location at all times. No one needs to ask me to knock anymore. I knock on the walls. I practically wear a cowbell. I'm not looking to catch anyone by surprise. Believe me, I'm just trying to get through this. The other day, my husband was watching me unload the groceries, and he asked me, all sweetness and light, Honey, what are you doing with all that Kleenex? I about knocked him off his chair. 1,209... <laughs> 12,979 people found this helpful. <laughs> and that's Weezer. That's the, that's Weezer. That, that is Weezer. I, I think that's a good place to leave it on today. Yeah. <laughs> the end. Okay. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you very much, Kathy. Thank for you. Suggesting this album and joining us. You are welcome back anytime. This has been a pleasure. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's been it's been awesome. I love uh, I love talking about music, uh, especially with my buds, and uh, yeah, it's been, it's been real swell. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's sign off. I'm Devlin Galloway. You can follow me at Devlin Galloway on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow this podcast at Music Is Good Pod, also on Twitter and Instagram. The best way to support us is to subscribe to our Patreon at Patreon.com/MusicIsGoodPod1. It's Pod One because I messed up. Can't get the old one back. I've said this a few times, but you know how it is. I got an email asking me why it was one again. So, you know, explaining that. It's again. like it's like but, a Neopets username. Like you can't. It's like a Neopets name where you have to add some more numbers and underscores because the old one's taken. Yeah, ex exactly. But you can find some bonus content there. We have a whole episode up about Detroit Rock City. And we have a whole listen along to Jingle Cats for around Christmas time. If you want to do a little... If you're still feeling the Christmas spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'm Tuesday Ferguson. You can find me on Instagram at Mimichi, but you have to figure out how to spell it. So good luck. Uh, and I'm, I'm Kathy Schultes, and you can find me on Instagram at uh, Kathy the Brave. Kathy with a C. All, all one word. No spaces or underscores or anything. Where can we find your music? Uh... <laughs> how do we get in there? Um, you can find it on Bandcamp right now, but it's mostly um, crummy, crummy demos. Um, I want to hear it. What's okay. your Bandcamp? It's Kitty Prozac, uh, K-I-T-T-Y, Prozac, P-R-O-Z-A-C. Uh, haven't got sued by Pfizer yet, so fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> if you get uh, vaccinated enough times, they won't sue you. Yeah, I, I think it's fair use, to be perfectly honest. But um, 
yeah, there should be some more properly recorded stuff coming out very soon. I my first single from the album, Jesus Was a Trans Girl, is coming out February first. Uh, no, not February first. Uh, in the first week of February, let's say. Uh, not totally sure about the date. Uh, and then the album's coming out March eighteenth. So soon you will be able to listen to it on Spotify. Uh, God forbid. Um. you know if you if you still if you still use spotify uh or uh i don't know it's probably gonna be on like deezer and all those other things i don't know the citr is handling it but we'll figure it out we'll figure it out but yeah it'll be on the computer that's that 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 is for sure i'm sure we'll help promote it for you (laughs) thanks all right thank you for listening and bye-bye bye bye